Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Podcast. I'm Jen Rogers, and today I'm joined by Julia LaRoche. Hello, Julia. Hi, Jen. We are going to be talking about the U.S. Virgin Islands and the financial challenges down there. Uh, first of all, Julia, you were down there recently. Can you tell us exactly what makes up the U.S. Virgin Islands? That's right. I was visiting the U.S. Virgin Islands in mid to late August to specifically examine the financial challenges. Now, this was before Hurricane Irma devastated the U.S. territory. So the U.S. Virgin Islands, again, it's a U.S. territory made up of three main islands. You have St. Thomas, St. John, and to the south, about 35 miles to the south, is St. Croix. And they have a population of about 100,000 residents. And they're going through some precarious uh, financial challenges at the moment. So uh, U.S. territory, what does that mean exactly? Like, can they vote down there well, they do in not, a U.S. presidential election? <laughs> they what, what do are the not rules? vote in our elections, but they are U.S. citizens. Um, many of the folks, my, my taxi driver from the airport was telling me how he served um, in the Vietnam War. So they can serve in our military, um, they are U.S. citizens, and guess what? You only need a driver's license to go visit there, so it's really easy. Just like if you want to go to Puerto Rico, another U.S. territory, just a U.S. driver's license to get in. You don't need your passport. So before we get into the story, I want to bring us back to when you got assigned to do this story. And I believe I was in the morning meeting. Uh, Andy Serwer, I think, brought it up and said, does anyone want to go down to the U.S. Virgin Islands? Is that right? Is, is, that, is my right. memory serving me that correctly? Is, that is correct. It was actually first person to raise your hand um, for an assignment, not knowing exactly what the assignment was going to be about. And my hand shot up first. And, you know, it, it was such an interesting trip, Jen. I met so many incredible people. I'm still in touch with them. And I was checking in with them even after the storm and I'd love to tell you a bit about what the U.S. Virgin Islands are like. It is yeah. beautiful territory. Pretty, It's an easy flight down from JFK or LaGuardia, um, you know, about four-hour flight. And the main island I visited was St. Thomas, and it's mountainous. And um, beautiful trees and these beautiful red uh, flowering trees this time of year called flamboyant. So gorgeous red flowers. And it's really I'm just so sad to see the devastation, the trees that have been stripped mm. bare, crumbled homes, and you know the loss of life, and just the utter devastation they're facing. It's such a tragedy. Yeah, looking at the pictures coming out after the hurricane, I mean, it is so sad. It is a beautiful. I've been to St. John before, and it's absolutely gorgeous down there. I mean, tourism is a huge part, right, of, of their economy. Absolutely. So tourism is a huge part, especially for their GDP. Um, I can pull up some numbers. So mm -hmm. in 2016, uh, the direct contribution to GDP, meaning you know food, retail, boating trips, those sorts of things, was 590 million US dollars. And total GDP, if you take in the impact of the tourist, um, about 1.4 billion dollars in 2016. And also just the impact of employment there, about 5,500 jobs related specifically to tourism. And you have about 2.5 million visitors each year, predominantly from the United States, um, 1.8 million arriving by cruise ship. And you know what's really unfortunate with the timing of the storm and as hurricane season goes, it's um, leading up to the critical, crucial winter tourism season. That is when most people come in, they're planning their trips. Um, so you can take a listen from Clifford Graham. He is the CEO 
of the West Indian Company, which operates the cruise ship pier on St. Thomas and the shopping complex. And he's also a former senator. So let's take a listen to what he has to say. Of course, we, we are worried about that um, because, you know, financially, the Virgin Islands had a very precarious um, financial situation prior to. So anything that would that would take revenue away from our coffers is very concerning to me and to, to all here. Um, that's why we're trying to do our best to see how we can get our tourism district back up so at least we can get um, cruise ship over and I guess back in the territory um, so at least the upcoming season wouldn't be a total loss. So I had lunch with Mr. Graham while I was down there in the U.S. Virgin Islands talking specifically about tourism and, and that was a conversation we had following um, Hurricane Irma. Again, like he was talking about getting the tourism district back up and running so the season's not a total loss because it is critical. And I do want to tell you a bit more about um, what you can do in the U.S. Virgin Islands or what they're famous for. Mm -hmm. So in addition to cruise ships which come in, um, you'll see these huge ships in their port. They're famous for jewelry. They are a jewelry mecca. You walk down the main street and it is just Tiffany's, David Yurman, um, oh, really? diamond Why? stores because it's duty-free uh. and you can get a discount. So I, I bought a bracelet down there that was 10% cheaper than what it would be in the United States and duty-free. So totally worth it. That is one of the big attractions down there. So uh, he talked about the financial situation before Hurricane Irma. Walk us through that because, I mean, sitting here in New York, I just think of it as a lovely vacation destination. I had no idea that they were in any sort of uh, precarious straits in terms of their finances. What's the issue? Well, there are a few things that are going on. So the U.S. Virgin Islands is currently facing significant fiscal and liquidity challenges. Now, these are driven by an increasing government deficit, high levels of debt, and unfunded pension obligations. So the territory currently owes Wall Street bondholders just over $2 billion, which is far less than what Puerto Rico owes. owes. They owe about $70 billion. But again, with their population of just 100000 or just a little over 100000 that translates to a per capita debt of 19000 per person on the territory. Um, they also have their, the biggest employer is the government, so they have their uh, government Employees Retirement System, GERS, and that has amassed an unfunded liability of $3 billion. And now the retirement system is slated to run out of funds by 2023. They've already had to sell some of their assets, and they're paying out more than they're taking in now. They have fewer people paying into the system. So that's another impact on the economy because those who rely on those annuities they spend, um, they, they put money into the economy, and if that's going to run out of funds down the line, that is a big problem. So we hear about different states that have uh, unfunded pension liabilities, and certainly there have been uh, municipal bond issues here in the U.S. before. I mean, how big, how, how tough is the situation that they are in? I mean, can they continue to, to go to the capital markets to try and figure out how to make this uh, work for them? Well, that is one of the issues. The U.S. Virgin Islands has been cut off from the capital markets. They can no longer borrow. They can't um, issue, um, you know, bonds anymore. Why did they get cut off? Well, their credit rating was also slashed deeper into junk territory. So they have to find new sources of revenue. 
And one of those new sources of revenue is the sin taxes. So sin taxes on sugary drinks like soda, cigarettes, sin taxes on alcohol, whether it's craft beer or domestic beer or even their rum. So this is one way they're trying to generate revenue and is controversial. Um, not everyone on the island is in favor of it. So I spoke to Governor Kenneth Mapp while I was there, and he explained that the sin taxes, um, they're largely meant to be passed on to the tourist, and that, look, these things don't really impact your quality of life. You don't need to smoke. You don't need to have a soda. But nonetheless, still controversial for folks. We were able to look at taxing those kinds of products because it didn't affect the cost of doing business, it didn't affect uh, families in terms of food to sustain and grow children, it didn't affect clothes, it didn't affect medicines and senior citizens. If you drink, you pay the taxes. If you don't drink and don't smoke, then the taxes have no consequence to you. So one thing that Governor Mapp pointed out, he gave me a statistic that they consumed 28 million bottles of beer last year. And he said, you know, with a population of around 100,000 with um, a lot of them being under 18, which is the drinking age there. And he's like, I can't imagine those beers being consumed by the locals. So the tax is meant to be passed on to tourists. Now, some tourists don't necessarily feel that's a good idea. I ran into a couple from Philadelphia as they were um, getting off a carnival cruise, and here's what they had to say. Well, we just came, we came from Philly, so yeah. that's... <laughs> so we already paid like 12% tax, so what did right. they raise it to? I'm not sure what the actual percentage is, but uh, what I understand is pretty substantial. Well, hopefully they don't raise it too much more, because I'm upset. Well, if you're from Philly, what kind of results have you guys seen from that? People upset about it? Um, people stopped buying really stop buy drinks, it. yeah. A couple stores went out of business, yeah, things like that, and then a lot of people go out of other areas, go out to other areas outside of Philly too, with right. the sugary taxes, what they call it. Yeah. So, right. If they have it here, it will affect a couple stores, I'm sure. Well, speaking of stores being impacted, I did speak with um, one entrepreneur, Philip Shundry. He's a 28-year-old, originally from Ohio. He moved to the U.S. Virgin Islands four years ago, and he works for a startup company called Fresh Foods VI, which is an online provisions company. It's similar to Amazon Fresh or Peapod and he has noticed some pullback in purchases, at least before the storm when we had spoken, he had noticed some pullback. Here's what he had to say. So the, um, the people are, more economy, the people coming down here supporting the economy, they definitely already have sticker shock because they're used to seeing stateside pricing. So before the, the ex um, syntax even was uh, initiated at all, people already were really um, kind of just up in arms about the pricing in general. Now we had to raise all of our prices as, as everybody um, so it, it's really, it, it is impacting our business for sure. And our, our wholesalers, our distributors, um, everybody's feeling it. And the end user, ultimately the people that are given the government money down here are feeling it too. So I don't know how, how it's going to impact it in the long term or how, um, how long that even the, the tax will be implemented, but, uh, we'll definitely notice the impacts of it negatively. So people are maybe cutting back? Yep. Cutting back, um. I don't know if it changes people's flights or anything coming down here, if or changes the destination uh, coming down here. But um, we do see smaller orders coming in now, and, and and it's probably due to that. But it hasn't been. Yeah, exactly. So people go for more like cheaper domestic beer, like Bud Light, rather versus something else um, that they might go for more like craft beer, which is already super expensive down here anyways because of shipping. So doesn't sound like anyone's too happy about the syntax. Is it 
I mean, that's having to pay it. Uh, the governor thinks it's only going after tourists. Is this the solution? I mean, do do you think this is going to, to work? Well, the fact remains that the territory's government is in need of some revenue, especially when it comes up to shoring up that pension plan. Um, when I spoke to the administrator of GERS, Austin Nibs, he was explaining to me how the government is several pay periods behind even paying into the system. And he said, if we're not getting that money, we're not able to put that money to work. And the markets continue to hit all-time highs, so they're missing out on some of those opportunities. That's a really good point. It's like people that, just regular people that are out of the market. For them, it's uh, exponentially uh, more of an issue. So when you talk about the Caribbean and you think about financial challenges, obviously we think about Puerto Rico. Is the U.S. Virgin Islands at risk of becoming the next Puerto Rico? Look, that is a question that I asked while I was down there because as a U.S. territory, they're going to have all eyes on them next. Like, who is the next Puerto Rico? Now, Governor Mapp explained that, look, we're not going to be the next Puerto Rico because he, he said that their debt is secured. Um, so I'll give you an example. A majority of their bonds are backed by uh, rum, rum revenues. So your Captain Morgan rum, your cruising rum, that is produced in the U.S. Virgin Islands and sold in the United States. It's taxed at about, I believe, thirteen fifty per proof gallon, and the U.S. Virgin Islands gets um, thirteen twenty-five per proof gallon remitted back to them. And first, they have to go and pay the interest and the principal to the bondholders. So I'll give you another example. Following um, Hurricane Irma. Um, Secretary Ryan Zinke at the Department of the Interior expedited some of those rum revenues back to the territory. I believe it was um, $223 million, something along those lines. That sounds like a lot of money, actually. Well, uh, Governor Mapp in a press conference this week said, look, $175 million of that is going to pay our debt for 2019. So $175 million of that is going to the bondholders. And then he said $18 million is being set aside for the government's general fund. And the rest goes to the rum producers um, for molasses subsidies and some marketing and promotional um, expenses. And he was saying in the press conference, we're going to ask them if they would, you know, defer or divert some of that back to the government because they're going to need these funds. How about asking the bondholders to divert some money back? I mean, I they're know. getting the majority of it. I mean, I understand they're in a financial contract and that they lent the territory money, but. Is there any sense, given what's happened down there now, that there's hope to renegotiate or to talk to the, the bondholders? I haven't had that conversation, so I can't say. But again, that was something that really stood out to me in that press conference was, wow, $175 million of that is going to the bondholders. Is there, so what is the hope there? I mean, so they've got the syntax in place, but they still have these unfunded pensions. They've been hit with a massive Category 5 hurricane at a terrible time, not that there's ever any good time for that. So what's the hope there? Well, people I spoke with down there, they, they say, look, we're resilient people. We're going to come up with a solution. So I spoke with a former senator um, on St. Croix named Holland Redfield. And he hosts one of their radio shows down there called Straight Talk. And this is what he had to say about the U people of the U.S. Virgin Islands. I'm optimistic because we're a resilient people. 
Uh, we're certainly capable and have the intellect to be able to solve these problems. We just got to step back from a political standpoint and, uh, you know, not worry about the next election, but worry about the next generation. Great. And these are decisions that are, you know, uh, decisions that have to be made. And the major uh, job is to articulate and be transparent uh, when we assess these things and speak to the public regarding our challenges and that uh, the public has to be on board with it. And unfortunately, uh, no pain, no gain. So some tough decisions obviously are ahead for the territory. Exactly. And another thing I'll point out, again, with the resiliency of the people of the U.S. Virgin Islands, um, they want their voice to be heard. They want to be recognized. They are U.S. citizens, and, and they do deserve that. I spoke to the NBA legend, Walt Clyde Frazier, and here's how he put it. He went through Hurricane Hugo on St. Croix. Now, St. Croix was mostly spared from the damage of the storm, um, from what he explained. So now that's acting as the hub for the relief efforts. But again, he, he'll kind of explain how people get by in times like these. Well, that's something I don't think you can change because we are so far down that people have a tendency to overlook us. That's why now you're seeing the people saying, don't forget us <laughs> on the islands because we're the last guys. Like I said, we will be the last guys to get plywood down here with Miami and Houston and all these other places devastated. So we will be the last one to get supplies. And that's just the way it is when you're down in the islands. You're just a low guys on a totem pole. But we're accustomed to that. People that live here, when the power goes out, we grab a candle, we grab a flashlight. <laughs> you know, we don't waste any time. We just move to the next phase, man. That's the way it is. We're accustomed to that. Whereas in Miami, they're devastated. Six million people without power, they don't know what to do. They're panicking. You know, they can't go on their computer. They can't watch TV. <laughs> you know, here we it's just a normal way of life. I mean, you get accustomed to doing it. So, So is he from the... Virgin Islands? Not originally, but he visited the U.S. Virgin Islands probably, I think it was 40 years ago, um, with his son, and, and he bought um, a house down there. And, you know, he's a big businessman. We know him in New York um, from his commentary on TV, his Clydeisms to his restaurant, and he has um, some real estate down there. He does um, rent out. And he's also a, sh a ship captain or a boat captain. That was one new thing I learned about Mr. Fraser. What kind of boat? I didn't ask him, actually, but he, was, he did, like, a whole schooling on how to captain a boat, and so he can charter that with him. That's fun. I'd like him to be the, my, the captain of my, my boat. Uh, so the hurricane, it's terrible. I, you know, you can't make light of it, but is there a silver lining? We, we do hear here in the U.S. about, you know, people are going to have to be replacing their cars. That could be good for automakers. Is there a construction a boom coming. Does any of that kind of translate also down in the U.S. Virgin Islands? You know, I spoke to Senator Positive Nelson. He's a Rastafarian from St. Croix, actually the only elected Rastafarian. He told me that normally they don't run for office, but um, he's an accountant by trade, and um, he has some great ideas for revenue generation. And he told me, you know, look, tourism will take a hit in the short term, but he said this is an opportunity to shore up our infrastructure, work on um, our our energy, those sorts of things, and he thinks there will be a construction boon. After a war or, or a natural disaster, there's always a lot of economic activity. 
so there's always a boost in the economy because there's mandated and necessary rebuilding. Okay, so there's employment, there's purchasing, you know, there's people. So we, we move from the tourists in the meantime to employment in the rebuilding phase. What usually happens, uh, uh, usually there's a, you know, just there's, there's, once the current is back online and, and, and certain uh, transportation is back online, then you also have family members flying in to check on their parents, etc. cetera. Uh, so, so, so there's some activity there. So if your name is positive, which I really, that's his name? He changed his name. His name was originally Terrence. Terrence, because I, I really love the name positive. I'm thinking of changing my name, Jennifer, to positive. But he, I mean, he's got a good outlook for the, the future here. He's got a lot of great energy. When you talk to him on the phone, a lot of great ideas. One of those being, look, legalization of medical marijuana, recreational marijuana as ways to generate revenue. And I asked Governor Mapp about this, and he says, look, I'm not going to use my political capital to um, go around supporting this. But if you bring me a bill and you can show me that this can actually work, then he will consider it. And so that is another topic of conversation going on. More syntax there. Uh, they could, if they could get that going, probably. Well, if it's already taking place, might as well, you know, regulate it. Okay, so to to sum up, I mean, it's a beautiful place. You had a great trip. The people are incredible. What do they want from the U.S., from us, I guess? Do they feel like they're a an ugly stepchild, that they've been left out to dry? Like, do they... Do they want more support from the U.S. in terms of getting out of this financial predicament that they're in? Well, look, they are, again, they're U.S. citizens. Uh, we're, we are all U.S. citizens, and, and we should think of um, them that way. And, 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 and think about, you know, when you're planning your vacation, wow, why not go to somewhere where you can support, um, you know, your, your economy? Their economy is our economy, too. Um, and, again, these are... They're great people. It's easy to get there, um, just a driver's license or a cruise ship. And, you know, you can also maybe buy a bottle of Captain Morgan or Cruise and Rum because those taxes go back. I could do that in New York City, right? Yeah, so I don't even have to get on the cruise ship or get on a plane. But in terms of this storm, again, total tragedy. such a horrific thing to happen. A lot of the focus seems to be on Florida or Texas and and yes, they deserve attention, but let's not forget um, the folks in the Caribbean and maybe be even beyond just the U.S. Virgin Islands that a lot of people are really suffering in this time. So I know there's some fundraisers going on for ways to raise money, anything to stimulate the economy. And, and again, when they're back online, maybe go there, buy some jewelry, um, drink some of their amazing rum. It's great rum. Um, and meet some of those wonderful folks. All right, Julia LaRoche, you've definitely convinced me to go and uh, find out if I can get a good uh, deal on a ticket down there. That's what I need. And uh, go meet some of the people down there. Because I definitely had a great time when I did go to St. John the one time. Just like the most gorgeous water. Yes, I will definitely be going back. Uh, Julia LaRoche, thank you so much. I'm glad you raised your hand really quickly. 
in the meeting to do the story. You beat Ethan out by seconds. Slightly, but I'm, I'm, re- I'm really glad to, and, and um, I'm looking forward to my next trip. Thank you all so much for listening to the Yahoo Finance podcast. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, let us know what you think. Uh, Reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter. We would love to know uh, what you think about what's going on in the U.S. Virgin Islands, if you live there or if you visited or you're just thinking about it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Jen Rogers. Jen Rogers.